Hello, and welcome to the Start Your Engines podcast, mm-hmm. our podcast from the To Love, Honor, and Vacuum blog. We do this the last Thursday of every month, and it's specially for guys. I mean, women are more than welcome to listen as well, but we like to highlight some issues regarding sex, marriage, and men to just kind of help men understand women. So I am Sheila Ray Gregoire from the To Love, Honor, and Vacuum blog. My husband, Keith, is here with me. Hello, everyone. And... This month, we thought we would talk about how to see sex through female eyes, Mm -hmm. which can be tough if you're not a female. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, the thing that got me thinking about this for my post was because the the theme of the month is sex questions you can't ask your pastor. Right. Right. And I got thinking, okay, like, where do guys get their information about sex? Because... To be honest, I think most of us are not going to our pastors for it. <laughs> and pastors are probably eternally grateful for that, most of them. <laughs> so, and then I, I thought, you know, like, it's mostly guys, you know, talking to other guys. Mm-hmm. And even if you read books about sex, most of them are either written by a couple mm-hmm. or a man. Yep. Right? Yeah. And so a lot of the information out there is all based upon how a guy thinks. Right. And so that got me thinking, and then that's why I wrote the post the way I wrote it. Yes, so Keith is talking about the amazing post that he wrote yesterday, which was Wednesday, and we will link to that in the podcast description that goes along with this podcast, wherever you are listening to it, and of course on the post that accompanies this podcast, where there's lots of rabbit trails and lots more information, and so you can go check that out. It's in the description, the link there. But yeah, you did write a post on how to see sex, less from a male perspective and more from a female perspective. Now, why does that matter? Yeah, well, that's the thing is that I started the post by saying like, just like two months ago, I wrote about how gender differences, everyone makes a big deal of gender differences. And now I'm writing about how men and women are different in sex. And it's like, <laughs> hello, dude, stay consistent in your message. But, but you know, we talk about things that are not physical as if they're like intrinsically male and intrinsically female, right? Like what? Like just like who's supposed to do the dishes, mm-hmm. you know, like that's women's work. Mm-hmm. Right or that sort of thing, or mm-hmm. that men are not emotional; they're distant, and women are all chatty and emotional. And we have all these stereotypes, which a lot of people don't fit into, mm-hmm. and we teach them as if that's the way you're supposed to be because you're a man and you're a woman. Right? And that's completely ridiculous. But there are ways that we are different. Yes. Like you know, for instance, when we have sex, only one of us can get pregnant. <laughs> that's true so yes you know, you know the, the mechanics of sex is different and so you know we do come to sex from different perspectives as a, as a man and as a woman we mm-hmm. do approach it differently so it's important to talk about that as well too yeah and one of the things that i've been talking a lot about on the blog is that our definition of sex tends to be focused on the male experience of sex mm-hmm. so sex is about him getting an erection him thrusting inside of her, and sex tends to end at his climax. But the problem is that if that's all we think sex is, then she can be left behind if she's not enjoying the same things that he is. Yeah, and so, and so the mindset is that, like, for instance, when we say, you know, like if someone talks about having had sex, the assumption is that they've had intercourse. Like, right. that's, that's what mm-hmm. they think. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't think oh, you had an intimate experience together where you were with that person in a way that you aren't with other people and enjoying each other's bodies. Right. You know, that's right. not what they typically think. They typically think if you said that you had sex, you think that you mean you had intercourse. Yeah. They, the two tend to kind of be end up being synonymous. 
And the thing about that is that when you have intercourse, men tend to have a good time. Like it, it works out pretty well most of the time if there's not problems, right? But a lot of women can't orgasm that way. Mm-hmm. And so if our mindset is that is what sex is, so therefore that's what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. And we think, well, if she wants to have an orgasm, she should just work harder at having an orgasm mm-hmm. while we're doing that, ignoring the fact that the vast majority of women don't easily experience climax that way yes now they can it's not that they can't and and many women do but the majority of women do not experience orgasm through intercourse yes but but my point is is that is that if we assume that then we bring a lot of baggage into this relationship that we don't realize we're bringing because we just Mm -hmm. think well that's what sex is right and as a guy i it's not that we're bad people or we're not caring you know husbands or lovers or whatever it's just that that's what we kind of end up thinking sex is so we think that's what we should do. Mm-hmm. And and so a lot of, you know, we don't have that natural sense of this should be something that whatever it takes for both of us to feel good, we should make sure that both of us feel good when this is all done. Right. And instead what often happens is if she doesn't enjoy intercourse, we tend to think she's broken or that there's something wrong with her as opposed to thinking that, well, maybe this is just something that we do differently yeah. <laughs> or that we think of in different ways. Yeah. I mean, there's actually some anatomical things, like the way that you're anatomically arranged, mm-hmm. you know, down there yeah. as a woman, you know, depending on where all the parts are, yeah. it can be very relatively easy to have a, uh, an orgasm during sexual intercourse, mm-hmm. or it can be very, very difficult to almost impossible, yeah. depending on how the anatomy is. Yeah, because women, the distance between the clitoris and the vagina does vary among women. Yeah. And so that can impact it as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just, that's just a normal human variation, the same yeah. way that you're, mm-hmm. you know, like how far apart our eyes are varies. Yes. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like it's just we're all made different because God, you know, God loves creativity. He loves individual. Like we're all, we're all wonderful and unique, right? And that's mm-hmm. a great thing. But, you know, if, you, if your concept is that we're going to have an orgasm during sexual intercourse and that's the only way that it's right mm-hmm. for her to have an, inter- an orgasm, you have that kind of mentality then you know for two-thirds of women that's not going to work out very well because right. that's about the stats the stats are about two-thirds of women don't well, easily do that yeah i mean one third well yeah i think it's a little bit higher than that who can but about about one third can reach orgasm through intercourse alone and then other people need much more than that and yeah, yeah. and a lot of women can't ever reach orgasm through intercourse yeah so. for sure mm-hmm. i mean my, my point is just this is, is the concept of if you think that is what sex is and nothing else right then mm-hmm. then women are going to be left hanging and a lot of guys i think are doing that not because they intend to do that but because we've just kind of always thought about it from our perspective like if i said to a guy like hey what if god made it so that men only had orgasm one third of times they had sex mm-hmm. they'd be like i got to fix this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. so guys let's like fix this for our wives it doesn't mean making her do it during sex necessarily it means maybe being open to like helping her other ways and, and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. For a lot of women, it's just just really, really investing in the time ahead mm-hmm. of sex. If sex is going to be quotes the main event, mm-hmm. you know, like it's okay, but let, let's let the warm up acts be pretty pretty good, yeah. right? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and okay, if I can just give like a really intense word picture here or oh, I'm, that song, I'm afraid what this is oh, where this are. is going to go. Okay, I want y'all to think about this. If you were to manually stim, if a wife were to manually stimulate her husband, think about what that motion would look like. And now think about what the motion would look like if a husband were to manually stimulate his wife. Those are very different motions. Now, which one resembles intercourse the most? <laughs> 
you know? <laughs> and, and so I think if we just understand that, that what stimulates a woman, what makes her feel the best isn't the same motion as intercourse. And so we do need to think that she needs more than that. And that doesn't mean she's broken. It doesn't mean she has to catch up to him. And I think what often happens is couples get married. They don't understand this. Things don't work the best for her. And then she starts hating herself. He starts thinking that she's not really into sex. And there's this really negative dynamic that starts, Mm -hmm. you know? And then you also said something else in the post that I thought was really interesting. Uh, Just how we, we recently were doing some research on this and read a couple of books and you really like the insight into responsive versus spontaneous libido. Oh yeah, I'd never even... It's funny too, because like I'm a, I'm a physician, I guess. I've been doing pediatrics for 20 years, so we don't talk about sex very much. <laughs> you know, um, but even back in medical school, like I don't remember learning about this, but this concept of spontaneous versus... And I just want to say, I have taught this a lot. I just haven't used those words for it. But I've been teaching this concept quite a bit like over the years, but I just haven't used those words. But these words really helped you see it in a new way. So maybe they'll help some of the guys see it too. So yeah. why don't you explain what it is? Well, you know, just the concept was, well, the way I said it in the post was that a lot of guys sort of feel like they're, we're kind of confused, right? Because we're trying our best to be good lovers, you know, and like every human being, we're a little bit self-conscious and wondering if we're doing a good job or not or that kind of thing. But then, uh, then she says she enjoys this and it's fun. But she never initiates it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's always me that's asking for it. And afterwards she said, oh, that was really nice. Or, and she seemed to really enjoy herself. But like, so as a guy, that's like, you know, what's going on? Because, you know, if she likes it, why isn't she asking for it? In the same way that if I like lasagna, I'm going to say, hey, let's have lasagna tonight. Because I like lasagna. Like, mm-hmm. So if she says she likes it, but then she's never asking for it. As a guy, you're like... Is she just kind of humoring me? Is she just trying to make me feel nice? You know, if she says she likes it, then why isn't she seeking it out? I I don't understand because that's not the way we think. But this concept really kind of helped me with that because it sort of says that there's two things that need to happen for you to be ready for, you know, sexual, you know, relationship with that other person. You need to be mentally in the right place. You need to be physically in the right place. And so there's some people who physically start having changes in their body and then they go, they jump right in. But there's other people who need to be more getting involved in the whole process before they start that whole desire and that whole mental psychological piece kicks in. And they say, actually, I really do want this. Supposedly, according to the stuff I was reading, a lot of women are more in that mentality. They may be interested or open to the idea of being with you sexually tonight, but they're not going to seek it out because they're not really thinking that way. But once you start getting them going, then they are thinking more that way. And so that's why it's important to sort of you know, kind of start slow and work your way up instead of just jumping right in. For many men, you know, if you think of sex as like getting into the pool, you know, we're just cannonball, you know, like we just want to jump in, right? That's that's what a lot of guys are like. But a lot of women aren't like that. They need to kind of put the toe in first and they get up to the ankle and they get up to the thigh and, you know, they need to do that. And and we as guys need to appreciate that. And if we sort of jump in cannonball, we kind of, we kind of, scare them and they don't they think they don't want to do that and so that's the difference between spontaneous and responsive so let's just uh, spell this out for a minute so spontaneous is when you do feel the need for sex automatically kind of all on your own it just it just perks up every now and then Mm -hmm. and a lot of men probably most men are like that Uh, many women are too but 
not all men are like that. And then there's another group that would be more responsive, which is that they certainly can enjoy sex and desire can kick in, but it usually doesn't kick in right away. <laughs> and so they don't feel that need for sex. And some men are more in the responsive category as well. So it's not it's not completely a gender difference at all. But but I think understanding that difference is really important because if you are a spontaneous libido person, whether you're a man or a woman, and you're married to someone who isn't spontaneous, then you can really start to feel like they don't want me. Yeah, and, and they say they do, but you think, well, you don't because you don't ever show it. Right. Because you don't show it the way that I expect you to show it. Right, right. And, that's the, and that's the difference is that we tend to have this idea that a certain experience of sex is the right one and everyone else's is somehow wrong and they need to catch up and become the right one. And so everyone's supposed to have a spontaneous libido because that's what we see in movies yeah. <laughs> and TV shows. And everyone is supposed to just really enjoy intercourse alone and because yeah. that's also what we see. And, and so it leaves a lot of women feeling like I must not be sexual. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you guys, okay, let me just level with you here. <laughs> if a woman is hearing that message, I, you know, you are not sexual because you don't fit in these boxes. That's not going to make her want to have sex, right? Like that's actually going to kill her libido. And so if you want to have a great sex life, I think it's really important to, to think of sex more from her perspective and not just from yours. Because there isn't a right way to have sex. That what, what really matters is that you both feel close and you both feel loved and you both have a good time. And however you get there isn't as important as the fact that it happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and because that's what God made sex to be, right? It's like it, it's supposed to be something that makes us feel good. It's supposed to be something that brings us closer together. But but when we start having all of these weird expectations, then we can it can actually end up being something that makes us feel further apart from each other. Definitely. Those are the things that you dealt with in that post yesterday. Yep. Which again, really good post. I'm going to put the link to in the podcast description to that post on how you can stop seeing sex from one perspective and start seeing it from both of your perspectives. And that stops a lot of the judgment. And now I want to jump into a reader question. So thank you for joining us. And <laughs> uh, and get lost now because now it's just going to be so, me. So okay, bye. <laughs> just Sheila here now. We've looked at how we can see libido differently, how we can start to see sex outside of only the male perspective. And I want to read and highlight now a question that came in from a woman that I think illustrates a lot of the problems with communication around sex that couples often get into and why it can seem years down the road like she just hates sex and you don't understand why and you're upset about it and you're hurt about it. But it all comes from not clear in about how you see sex really differently. So again, I'm going to highlight Keith's post, which was awesome this week in the description to this podcast in the post that goes along with this podcast. Please read that first. But now listen to this woman's question. So she says, I have been married for a year and a half and my husband and I have not really had passionate, exciting, regular sex since the first few weeks of our marriage. I genuinely do not enjoy the sensation of being aroused at all. It makes me uncomfortable and usually I have a knee-jerk response like I'm being tickled rather than enjoying it. I feel like I would be perfectly happy never having sex again. I know this is wrong, but I don't know how to fix it. 
I love my husband so much and he has been so gracious and patient. At first, there were a lot of complaints and frustrations, but we have been talking a lot about it and trying to figure it out. He and I have asked for advice and counsel from trusted people. Everyone he talks to says that their sex is great and everything that we're dealing with is totally abnormal. Everyone I talk to has been helpful but can't really relate to me. At first, I wondered if it had something to do with my past. Before I met my husband, I always felt pressured into having sex in my relationships and never really enjoyed it outside of my desire to feel wanted. Now I have an amazing, patient, loving husband who is not going anywhere and I don't have any drive to have sex. I know my past has muddled my view of sex and I know what I should think, but something isn't clicking in my heart and in my physiology. I also wondered if it had to do with the subconscious reaction to our first few weeks of having sex. They were a little intimidating. When we first got married, it was overwhelming because I did enjoy having sex, but it always felt like there were comments or borderline complaints. The biggest complaints were he would tell me he wished the sex had been longer and he wished we would have it more often, and I felt like my comments were always opposite. I felt like it was plenty long. I don't have time or energy for two plus hours of sex. And we were having sex at least every other day at first. With the complaints of how often came a pressure that made me feel less interested. However, now I don't think it's my past or the early complaints in our marriage. I just feel like something is wrong with me. I try to get in the mood. I try to make decisions to love him and please him and bless him. I try to get closer to God so that I can have a better attitude and maybe heal or whatever I need to do, but nothing helps. I just don't like sex and I don't like being aroused. I still try, but it feels like it will never change. All right, so here's a woman who is just feeling like I am broken, I don't like sex, I don't like being aroused, my husband's a great guy, what is wrong with me? And she's asking all of these questions. And I want to deconstruct some of the questions and some of the points that she brought up so that we can see how this is really a breakdown in the fact that he doesn't understand how sex works for her and she doesn't understand how sex works for her. So I want to actually start with the end of what she says. So let's paint the stage here. So they have just gotten married and she's feeling overwhelmed by sex, which is a very common thing. All right. A lot of women feel overwhelmed when they first start having sex. I mean, really, it's a very vulnerable thing for women in a way that it isn't for men. We're literally letting someone into our bodies and sex can hurt for a lot of women if we're not aroused first, it can be very uncomfortable. If he doesn't hold his weight properly and he's on top, you can feel like you're being suffocated and you can feel a real claustrophobic reaction. It is really a big deal for women in a way that it isn't for men just because of these physical vulnerabilities that women have. And so I think it's really incumbent on guys to understand that you need to give your wife some time and you need to be really patient with her because this is a big thing for her. But then she talks about how in those first few weeks, there were some complaints by him. He was complaining about their sex life and he was saying it wasn't long enough and he wanted to do it more often. And what did that do to her? Okay. And probably what he's thinking just simply is, I really like sex. I want this all the time. And this is a good thing. And I love my wife and I want to love my wife through this. But what she is hearing is now, if you don't do it more often, I'm going to be disappointed in you and I'm going to feel like our marriage isn't great. And so she starts feeling really pressured into sex. But at the same time, she hasn't been enjoying sex. Okay, so he's been having an orgasm. She has not. And I want guys to get this because this is so vitally important. 
until your wife is regularly orgasming, you cannot complain or criticize about your sex life. Okay? Until your wife is reaching orgasm, don't give complaints. It's kind of like you guys are sitting at different tables in a restaurant and you've eaten your entire meal and you feel like the dessert wasn't served properly and you're kind of upset about the dessert and your wife is sitting beside you and she's been here the entire time, but she's still waiting to get the bread for her meal. (laughs) All right. So you're complaining about the dessert and she doesn't even have her bread yet. So until you guys are at the same point, you can't start issuing a lot of complaints. And that may seem like I'm being really mean because, well, aren't you supposed to just express your feelings. But you need to understand this. Please understand this. Until she reaches orgasm, until she knows what all the fuss is about, until she has a chance to actually enjoy sex, there is no way that she is going to want sex more, that she is going to want to spice things up in bed, that you're going to be able to be more passionate, any of those things. She needs to figure out what all the fuss is about, which means that your first priority is figuring out how to get her to orgasm. And for most women, that is not through intercourse. Okay. Most women do not reach orgasm through intercourse. They reach orgasm in other ways. And so unless that is your primary focus in these early times and in these early days and months, you're going to find that your wife is going to start to see sex as a really big production and something that she isn't going to want to do very much because quite frankly, there's not a lot in it for her. So you need to make sure there's something in it for her. But what often happens is that when she's not enjoying it, she starts to feel like it's my fault and she puts that guilt and blame and she turns it inward. And then often men do the same thing and they say, what is wrong with you? And that's what I read in this note. You know, he's talking to other people about sex and they're saying, well, that's just weird. You guys are abnormal because we love sex. You guys are not abnormal. This is such a normal, normal problem. Okay, only 48% of women reach orgasm regularly during intercourse, okay, or or during any sexual encounter with their husbands. That means 52% don't. And there's a significant minority of women who have never reached orgasm. The best years for sex in marriage are years 16 to 24. Okay, sex gets better the longer you've been married. So it's very normal at a year and a half in for her to wonder what all the fuss is about. This is not an abnormal problem. But she's feeling like this has to be all on me and she's putting it inward. And he is wondering what's wrong with her as well. And that's just the wrong way to look at it. Because just because she is not really enjoying intercourse does not mean that there's something wrong with her. And yet that's how she's talking about. She's saying, what's wrong with my physiology? She's saying, I don't really like the feeling of being aroused. If she's saying she doesn't like the feeling of being aroused, I highly doubt she's actually ever been aroused. And this is another thing that we need to understand. Just because you touch a woman's clitoris or you're stimulating a woman's clitoris or her nipples or all the erogenous zones you're supposed to go to does not mean she's going to be aroused at all. And so I think what she's saying, what I'm reading is that I actually don't enjoy the sensation of my husband stimulating my clitoris. It makes me uncomfortable. And usually I have a knee jerk response, like I'm being tickled rather than enjoying it. 
She says, her actual words were, I do not enjoy the sensation of being aroused. But what she really means, I think, is I don't enjoy the sensation of my husband stimulating my clitoris. And that's because if you go for the clitoris before she's actually aroused, it's not going to arouse her. And it's actually going to feel very off-putting. And like, just don't touch me there. It's a, it's, it's quite a terrible feeling, really, for a lot of women. With men, what you guys tend to like is if your wife goes right for the penis, right? Like, just go right for the, for the thing because that's what feels good. (laughs) But if you go right for the clitoris, it doesn't feel good for her. You have to work up to it. And that's the point of arousal and libido for women is that it isn't automatic and it's very context based. You need to spend time talking. She needs to feel relaxed. You know, you need to spend time kissing. You need to spend time massaging her back or rubbing her arms or rubbing the inside of her knees or doing all of these other things first before you go for the clitoris. Like make sure she's actually wanting it before you do it. And then when you do do it, do it really lightly. It sounds like this is a couple that has simply never figured out how to make her feel good. She thinks the problem is with her body. She says, I don't like the feeling of being aroused but I think it's simply that she doesn't know the feeling of being aroused. And if your wife does not know the feeling of being aroused, there's no way she's ever going to want sex. And by the way, that isn't her fault. And what she is saying is, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with my physiology? I need to be healed. I'm praying to be healed. I don't think there's necessarily anything really wrong with her. She's acting exactly the way most women act are acting, which is we need a long time to get warmed up. And we need to be warmed up in a safe way. And that means that there can't be pressure, there can't be condemnation, there can't be, let's see if your body's going to work this time, because it never does. (laughs) You know, because if that's the attitude, she's never going to feel good. So guys, this is where you need to be really embracing your role as someone who's the protector (laughs) of your wife and as someone who's really going to serve your wife and let her feel totally comfortable. Like if this doesn't work, we don't need to do it tonight. You know, I'm going to try something, but if it doesn't feel good for you, we don't need to do it tonight and you don't need to feel badly about it. We're going to keep trying. This is going to feel amazing for you one day. We're going to get there, but we're not going to put pressure on you. The more pressure you put on your wife, the worse sex is going to feel. And here's a couple they've been married for a year and a half and they've never figured out the arousal piece. And now she's just turned all that hate inward. And when women turn that hate inward, it makes sex so much worse. It really does. And so I I know a lot of guys are there saying, look, I got married. I love my wife. I'm a great husband. I'm faithful to my wife. I should be able to have sex and she should like it. And I get it. I get that's how you feel. But what I'm just telling you is that most women don't work that way. (laughs) I wish we did. Believe me, it would be so much easier if we did. But God didn't make us that way. And I think the reason that God didn't make us that way is so that we would have to take time to really listen to each other, to really be vulnerable, to really open up, to take that time to be sacrificial, to be serving. Guys, you feel good almost always, no matter what you do. And so it's really easy to think that there's something wrong with her and she's broken because she doesn't. But her body was not made that way. And because you feel good, 
pretty much no matter what you do. It means you have an obligation and a responsibility to slow down and help her figure out what feels good. And she will only be able to do that when she's relaxed and when the context is right. And right now her context when it comes to sex is that my physiology is broken. My husband has a lot of complaints about our sex life. I don't like being aroused and there's something wrong with me. And if that is her context, sex is never going to feel good. So we need to change that context. And what she needs to hear from her husband is, you are not broken. Yes, you have a past and sex wasn't good in the past because you were just looking at trying to keep these guys. So you had sex to make them love you. And I want you to know, I love you no matter what. I am going to love you with or without sex. I am committed to you and I love you and I want sex to be amazing for you. And that is going to be our first priority. It's not to make sex great for me because I already feel good during sex. It's so that we can help unwrap this amazing gift that God has for you. (laughs) And if that's how you're talking to her, and if you're saying, you know what, we're going to take this slow, we're going to figure this out. You're going to give her a much better context and maybe she can get out of some of these really negative inward messages she's been giving. And again, I really highly recommend 31 Days to Great Sex for this couple. They can go over a lot of the lies they believe in the first week. And in the first week, they're going to spend some time figuring out how to awaken arousal for her, which she probably has never felt. And so I think even in the first week, I can see like day two and day six being really big breakthroughs for this couple. So If this sounds anything like you, please get 31 Days to Great Sex. It was designed to help build challenge by challenge, little by little, so that you can unlock sexual desire in both of you. You just read three to five pages a night and then you do the challenge and it's super fun. But I want to stress, guys, that this is a dynamic that I see so often in couples and that sex doesn't really work well for her and they both think there's something wrong with her and they both start blaming her instead of realizing, no, you know what? Sex just works differently for both of us and we just need to take time and awaken her desire. And if you go in with that attitude, I bet we'd get a lot fewer questions like this and I bet that we really would learn how to have amazing sex much earlier in the marriage. I don't want any of you to have to wait to year 16. I really don't. And I want more and more women to be able to enjoy sex and reach orgasm and more men to feel like, yeah, my wife really does want me. But that's only going to happen when we understand that we all approach sex differently and her way is not wrong. It's the way she was made. And so let's work with it because God did it for a reason. Okay, guys, so we've told you all the ways that things don't work when we see sex through a male perspective. But let me now tell you how you can be a hero. One thing that you may not realize is how much Christian sex books tell women to disregard what they're feeling and look after your feelings. So for instance, when we looked at a whole ton of Christian sex books for our upcoming book, The Great Sex Rescue, we found a common theme, which was books would tell women what men want is to be wanted. They don't just want you to have sex. They want you to enjoy sex. It's very, very important to your husband that you enjoy it. And you're probably thinking, well, yeah, it totally is important to me that she enjoys it. It's not fun for me unless she enjoys it. But think about what would happen if women got that message without the corresponding message that 
it's important to figure out how to make sure you enjoy it. Let me tell you the story that we heard in one of our focus groups. So we we talked to a lot of women after they took our survey and we tried to flesh out a lot of their stories. And one woman told us about how when she was having sex with her husband once, she moaned and he loved it. He goes, oh my goodness, I love it when you moan. I love it when you make sounds like that. And so she started to realize, okay, well, if he likes that, I should do it more. So she started moaning a lot, but she wasn't actually feeling good. She was just simply moaning to make him feel good. (laughs) And so it wasn't a reflection of what she was actually feeling. Earlier this week, I wrote a post on what to do if you've been fantasizing during sex or if you've been faking orgasm. And a lot of women do fake orgasm. And I talked about how to get out of that rut. And I will put a link to that in the podcast description for this podcast. But you know, a lot of women do fake because they think that's what they're supposed to do. (laughs) Because books have told us over and over again, it's so important that your husband thinks that you enjoy it. He won't enjoy it unless you enjoy it. But then these books do not tell women it's important to figure out how you enjoy it. (laughs) They don't tell women it's important that your husband makes sure you enjoy it. They only tell women it's really important that you tell your husband you enjoy it. And so we tend as women, when we read these books, we tend to take all of these feelings of sex not being good and we turn them against ourselves and we think I'm the problem. And so guys, you can be the hero. You can be the one who says to your wife, "Hun, I don't need you to stoke my ego. I don't need you to make me feel like a good lover. What I really want is to be a good lover. So let's figure this out. I want you to tell me the truth. I give you full permission to tell me what's happening. I want to take as long as it does take to help figure out your body. And you're not being selfish if you need a lot of time on foreplay. And you're not being selfish if you need me to do other things to bring you to orgasm. If if intercourse just isn't doing it yet. You're not being selfish about that. I want to give this to you as a gift. I want this to be about both of us. And if you do that, guys, you are the biggest hero (laughs) and you will unlock your wife's sexual passion. At least I hope you will. And that will go a long way towards it. I'm working on a course right now for women on how to reach orgasm, which will unpack a whole lot of other things that may be holding her back. But that is one big piece is that we have turned the problems with sex inward and we see ourselves as the problem and we don't realize it's okay for us to speak up. So give give your wife permission and see how that changes things. So that is it for our Start Your Engines podcast this last Thursday in July. Thank you so much for joining me in the middle of COVID. And thank you for joining Keith too. And thank you to Keith for coming on. I hope that this helps you see sex in a different way so that we can get on the same team so that sex can be something that we do together to serve each other and to love each other. And so that it binds us together, makes us more intimate. And it's about both of us. Join me at tolovehonorandvacuum.com for more marriage and sex stuff. We talk about marriage and sex almost every day. And again, take a look at the podcast description wherever you listen to this podcast and go onto the blog for the post that goes along with this podcast for lots more rabbit trails and lots more discussion. And until the last Thursday of August, I bid you adieu and I will see you again next time on the next Start Your Engines podcast. <laughs>